Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. Well, good morning, everybody. Great to see you guys today, see your beautiful faces out there. So fun um, on this day of uh, letting go of the mask, which is uh, so fun. Um, so yeah, today we got our picnic, really. If you're online, you can drive there. It's, it's fine. Like if you're in like Colorado right now, start driving right now. Just kidding. I did look at our podcast stats the other day, and people were like listening from Argentina and Spain. I don't know what that's about, but cool. If you're out there, uh, drop us a note. Sorry you can't make it to the picnic in time, but um, <clears throat> so glad that you guys are with us. Well, we are in a series right now called Soul Keeping. And it's, and it's about what we can do and how we can um, partner with God in keeping our souls healthy. What, what it takes to have a soul grounded in, uh, in Christ to um, thrive as people. So let me tell you a story. Can I tell you a story? You guys like stories? This may or may not be true. You'll figure it out once I start going. There's this missionary <clears throat> um, back in the day before cars and it was in a rural town and he had a horse. And not many people in this rural town had horses, and he actually had one of the fastest horses. And so this kid, he had to go into town for something, and he came to the missionary, he's like, hey, can I use your horse? And the missionary's like, oh, sure, yeah, you can use my horse, go ahead. And he's like, oh, but wait, there's one more thing you got to know about my horse. He doesn't go unless you are praying a prayer of thanks. And the kid was like, okay, that's fine. And he said, and he doesn't stop until you say amen, until you close your prayer. And the kid's like, okay, that's fine. So the kid gets on the horse, and he says, giddy up! The horse doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. He's like, oh, right, I already forgot. Okay, uh, Jesus, I thank you for this beautiful day. And the horse starts walking. And then he says, all right, uh, I want it to go faster. Maybe I have to pray some more thanks. So he says, thanks for my family. Uh, thanks for the food I had today. And the horse just starts to take off as fast as it can with these prayers of thankfulness. And then the kid, up above, uh, on the horizon, he sees that the bridge that's supposed to be over this ravine is totally washed out. So he's like, oh no, we got to stop. So the horse is taken off and he says, whoa, horse, whoa, but the horse doesn't stop. He says, stop, stop. Horse doesn't stop. He's like, oh, right, I got to say amen. So he says, amen. And the horse slams on his brakes if the horses have brakes and he digs his heels into the dirt and they stop just an inch from the ravine and the kid leans back, breathes a sigh of relief, and says, thank God. And the horse jumps over the cliff. Today we're talking about thankfulness. That our soul needs gratitude. That we have to have a soul of gratitude. Because when we have gratitude in God, we lack nothing. When we have gratitude in God, we lack nothing. Today I'm going to use a phrase a few times um, called holy gratitude. And all I mean by holy gratitude is gratitude in God. It doesn't mean that we're only thanking God for things, although we can. We're also thanking others um, with God in mind, with um, God knowing that he's provided all good things for us. So you hear that word a couple times say holy gratitude. And not only uh, do we lack nothing when we have gratitude in God, but we also unlock many other values throughout our lives, values that the Bible talks about, um, as being Christ-like characteristics. So these, there's tons of studies that have shown that grateful people are happy people. 
Like they did this study with uh, managers in the workplace. And as managers thanked their employees, um, they were happier managers. And the employees obviously were happier people. They did uh, a study uh, with marriage. So they had, they had this study where they had some people just continue on uh, doing what they were doing as a control. They had some married couples um, say some disgruntled things or unthankful things um, to their spouse. And then they had this other, con- this other group say thankful things to each other, X amount of thankful things to each other. And guess which group was happier? Of course, it was the grateful group. And it wasn't just like, oh, yay, we're happier because we said thanks to each other. It was in all areas of their life. They enjoyed spending time together. They thought parenting um, was more was easier together. There was um, other things that we can't talk about unless we're talking about Song of Solomon in the church that were better as they uh, showed gratitude. So this is just one of those many areas where biblical principles are backed up with scientific research. Adele Calhoun, she's an author and speaker. She said this, thankfulness is a thread that can bind together all the patchwork squares of our lives. Difficult times, happy days, seasons of sickness, hours of bliss, all can be sewn together into something lovely with the thread of thankfulness. I really appreciate that quote because in every moment of our lives, we can practice gratitude and be better for it. There isn't a moment in our lives where we can't be thankful. It's always available to us. I would also add to that quote that holy gratitude, gratitude in God, also has this divine way of amplifying what is good in our lives. Holy gratitude amplifies what's good in our lives, and then it dampens the opposite. It dampens evil in our lives. The Bible is filled with scriptures we could go to about gratitude. It's, uh, it's a theme in the Bible. You open up your Bible, turn a couple pages, you'll see something about thanks in there. Um, but today we're going to go to Colossians. Um, Paul's letter in Colossians, he gives some instructions on how to live in chapter 3. If you want to turn there, chapter 3, I won't read it all, I'll read some of it. Um, but he starts out saying, don't do these certain things, right? That's kind of what we think about the Bibles. Don't do this, don't do that. Um, he says, put to death is what he says. Put to death things like slander, uh, gossip, lying, jealousy, anger, wrath. Um, He says, put to death those things. But what I love about Scripture is that it often doesn't just say, don't do these things, but then it gives you some things to take those things out and then replace them with things like love and kindness. And so he goes on, Paul goes on, and he says, replace those things with compassion Kindness, forgiveness, humility, love. And then as he's wrapping up what it looks like to live a life like Christ, he says this in Colossians 3.15. He says, Always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. That's two thank yous. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Three times thankfulness is mentioned as Paul wraps up this section about putting on our identity of Christ. 
It takes me back to that quote from Adele Calhoun about how thankfulness weaves its way through our lives. So we have all of these things like love and kindness, forgiveness, compassion, all of those things that we can do, and we can weave thankfulness all throughout them. I think Paul understands how we can do that, how we can weave through, because we can't practice, um, we can't practice anger and thankfulness, holy gratitude at the same time. Like, you can't practice being, being fully thankful to God and also be jealous, right? Those things can't coexist at the same time. I, I mean, have you ever heard someone be like, wow, that guy was angry, but at least he was thankful. Like, that doesn't, you can't, you can't say that. It doesn't work. And so we can weave thankfulness throughout our lives in, in all times of our lives. Whether in good times or bad, gratitude brings with it and amplifies the character of Christ in us. Likewise, gratitude leaves behind or it forces out the character that is opposed to God. There's a couple other places where Paul encourages us to be thankful people. In Philippians 4, if you want to turn there with me, I'll also have the scripture up here. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. As I was reading this verse, it reminded me of a sermon series we did a couple weeks, maybe months ago now, um, called Teach Us to Pray where we looked at the Lord's Prayer line by line, and we encouraged each other to pray the prayer line by line every day. And we do it with meaning. And so when we did that, I heard from a lot of you, and I experienced myself, that as we were praying this prayer, we would pray the prayer, and then we would find ourselves uh, in gratitude to God for the way that he's already answered the prayer the, day we, the time we prayed it the day before or the week before. So when I was praying, give us our daily bread, I would pray that I would pray for the things I need. And then two days later, I would be praying the same prayer. And then I would be like, oh, God, you answered that prayer. You provided that thing. And, and you provided it. It was, it was an awesome time of, of weaving thankfulness all throughout that prayer. Um, when we're asking forgiveness, when um, we're asking um, for God to provide for our needs, we saw thankfulness weave throughout the Lord's Prayer. And that's exactly what Paul is getting at here. Tell God what we need and thank him for what he's done. Then we move on to 1 Thessalonians. That's uh, chapter 5, 16. It says this, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Sound familiar? It's kind of like the Philippians, right? Um, pretty much the same thing. What I didn't uh, mention about Philippians is that right before that, right before that verse that we read, is that famous verse um, that says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Or maybe you know the song version, rejoice in the Lord always. I see your heads, Bobby, you know it. Um, and again, I say rejoice. Oh yeah, Rick's got the clap, he knows it. Um, so seeing these themes of joy, and prayer, and gratitude has me thinking that perhaps 
Joy in the Lord, true soul-satisfying joy, is through prayer and holy gratitude. We see that we get, from, uh, from Philippians, we see that peace is promised when we have um, joy in the Lord and we practice gratitude and we tell God what we need. We see that we have peace and now we see that we have joy as well in these verses. So here's what we know so far. We know that holy gratitude brings joy and peace into our lives. We know that holy gratitude welcomes and amplifies the character of Christ in us. Likewise, holy gratitude forces out character that's opposed to God. Isn't that crazy? Those three things happen just from having holy gratitude, gratitude in God. Because those other things can't exist as we have that holy gratitude. We're given a story about thankfulness um, in the life of Jesus in Luke, uh, Luke seventeen twelve, You may have heard it. It's a story about these 10 guys that were really sick. Um, they were lepers. And so they, it was a horrible skin disease. They're cast out of their own society because they didn't want the disease to transfer to other people. They lost their families. They lost their jobs. And they have nothing except for each other, really. And so let's read the scripture in Luke It says, as he entered a village there, this is Jesus, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? It's kind of like, where's the other nine? Where'd they go? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So only one guy comes back to thank Jesus. And it it got me thinking, I've always kind of thought like, of course, of course I would go back and thank Jesus. I would do that. But I got me thinking, like, would I really be one of those guys that comes back and thanks Jesus? And I, I really don't know. It's impossible to know. But I was thinking about, like, how often do I thank God for how he has healed me? Like, I have an incurable disease, sin, in my life, and Jesus has healed that for me. He's taken away my sin and made me righteous because of um, his death and resurrection on the cross. And I was wondering, like, how often do I thank him for that? I know I sing some worship songs that have those lyrics in them, but how often do I come back and thank him for that huge thing in my life? And then I thought, well, I don't just want to be thankful in the big stuff. I want to be thankful in everything. I think our our world is really riddled with unsatisfaction, with complaints, isn't it? Like, it's, it's almost like that's how our world is set up. Um, where we're not satisfied, where the littlest thing goes wrong, and we call the complaint department, you know? I was, uh, back when I was, I must have been 16 or something, uh, and I was a part of a youth group, and it was when cell phones were just, you know, coming out. And so if you had a cell phone as a 16-year-old, you were awesome. It didn't do anything but call people, it didn't text yet, you know, but if you had a phone, it was like, oh, look, I can call people from anywhere I want. So we were in the church van, this youth group van. We're driving down the highway, 
And of course, youth group vans go slow to stay safe. So we were following this truck. And on the back of the truck had a phone number that said, how's my driving? And my friend had a phone. He was like, oh, let's call that number. That would be so cool. And so we're like, oh, yeah, call the number. We're on the highway. We can call from wherever we want. So we call the number. This lady answers. We're all like, I don't think it had speakerphone. We're all like listening, you know, to the phone. And she's like, um, so and so, such and such, such and such, um, how can I help you? What's the problem? Kind of was her tone of voice, I remember. And my friend was like, uh, there's no problem. And she was like, well, what can I do for you? And he's like, I just wanted to tell you how great this truck driver is driving. He's going straight on the road. He's going the speed limit. He's being courteous to all the other drivers. And the lady didn't know what to do with that. She was like, okay, is there anything else? And we're like, no. And she's like, okay, bye. It's like she didn't have a form for a compliment. She only had the form for a complaint. We don't have compliment departments in this world. We have complaint departments, right? That's all we got. So in this world of complaining, I, wanna, I want us to be the thankful one that returns to Jesus in holy gratitude for everything in our lives instead of the nine. So I want to give you three phrases that will encourage you to practice holy gratitude in every part of your life. This first phrase is, I know every good thing I have comes from God. I know every good thing I have comes from God. That's, for, uh, that's straight from Scripture. James 1.17 says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. You might think, whoa, whoa, whoa. I pay my bills in the house. I worked hard to get the things I did. I didn't even go to college. I, I just worked my business down up from nothing. Or maybe you say, I did go to college. and I worked so hard to, to get the degrees I have and the schooling I have, and I pay for my stuff. And that's fine. Like You can, you can be proud of what you've done for sure, proud of how you have uh, acquired what you have. But we have to know that every good gift is from above. And we start there. We start with knowing that it's from the Father. If you look at every uh, positive role model in the Bible, and you look at their life, and you read what's going on, you will see how God is propping them up, backing them up in every move that they make. And I think that doesn't change for us. As we go about our lives, we have to realize that God is behind us. Um, giving us every good and perfect thing. I think of Noah, how he could have stood on top of his ark when it was completed and be like, look what I've made, the most massive structure ever. It's amazing. I'm the best, and I'm ready for this flood. You know, but he didn't. I think of the Israelites. This is a little bit different, where they were freed from slavery out of Egypt. They cross the Dead Sea in a miracle fashion, and then almost immediately, after God does all that for them, they start complaining. And they say, oh man, it'd be better if we went back to Egypt. They actually said that. And so God started just providing for them time and time and time again. He provided this magic food out of nowhere called manna, and it just appeared every morning and they got to eat. He provided a quail so plentiful you could just stick your staff up and it would kill one. He provided water out of a rock. He just provided time after time, after time, as people were chasing them and trying to kill them. 
God provided for them, yet they still complained. And what that, what that is, I think we can relate to. We come to expect God's blessing in our lives, and that's okay. But then when we don't get it the way we exactly want it, then we feel entitled that we should get it this certain way. Then we get frustrated, and when we get frustrated, what do we do? We complain. So I want to get away from that. I want to know that every good thing, even small stuff, comes from God. Number two, I will not let what I I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. We all want a better car, a better house. We're looking for that um, next better thing, right? In fact, right now, uh, Liz and I are looking for a minivan. We want to upgrade our car. We want the, the newer thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if all we do is focus on the upgrade, we miss out on the blessings of today. And so we have to be thankful for what we have today. Be thankful for what we have rather than just wanting more and more and more of what we don't. We'll miss out on what we actually have, what God's blessed us with. This is straight from Ecclesiastes 6.9. Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Isn't that crazy? Like that's so true, isn't it? It's better to appreciate what God has given us right now than longing for things that we don't have. Holy gratitude, when we have holy gratitude, it turns what we already have into plenty. It turns what we already have into plenty. So can we upgrade? Absolutely. But we'll only have enough tomorrow when we're grateful for what we have today. Uh, Number three, last one here. I will turn every blessing I have into praise. If the blessings I receive don't turn into praise, then they're going to turn into pride. We're going to say, I did that thing, just like the, the first one. I, I'm paying the bills. I got this car. It turns into pride that, that I'm doing it, kind of like Noah could have done when he built that ark. He could have said, I did this. Instead, we've got to turn our praise to God. I want to give you two practical ways that we can do this today. Um, The first one is something I I rarely talk about um, from the pulpit, Um, but it's giving. One of the ways that we can um, practice turning blessing into praise is by giving of our finances. And what I mean by that is that we have to realize that everything that we have comes from God. So our entire paycheck comes from God. And when we give back to him, when we tithe, We say, okay, God, all of this is yours. You keep some, and I'll take what I need. Um, The biblical principle is 10% of what we have. And I realize that's crazy sometimes. I had a professor, um, well, let me tell you this. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament is even crazier. It says um, things like you should think about what you should keep rather than give. So it kind of flips it on its head as it often does. I had a professor that took that to heart. Um, in college, and he and his wife decided that every year they would give 1% more of their income. So they were up to like 22%. I'm not saying you should do that. Um, I'm not saying you should do that at all. I'm just saying that like that's the, that's the heart that they had for giving, to say, God, this is all yours. I give it back to you. One more thing I'll tell you. I realize that many of us 
have been hurt by the church when it comes to giving. And so if you're not comfortable giving to the church, I say that giving and showing gratitude and turning our, our uh, blessings into praise is so important. Go find somewhere you believe in. If you don't believe in the church right now, then go find somewhere and give. Give to that place or that organization and give consistently um, to turn your blessings into a praise. That's a very physical act. I know we don't always realize it, but when we write that check or when we, um, when we give, it's, it's an act of praise to God, saying this is what I give to you. is a worshipful act. I sometimes have to remember during offering time to take a moment and thank God for what he's given me and then think about giving back because for us, we, uh, we do ours online and so it comes out automatically and it's easy for me to forget about it. Forget about that worshipful act. So don't forget about that. Um, always make your offering a giving act. And I'm not asking um, for you to give more. I'm, not, I'm just saying that this is one of the ways, I believe in it so much that I'm willing to talk about it today, um, to give. Not necessarily to church. If you don't believe in what we're doing changes lives, then go give somewhere where you can. It is so important. Then The second thing, that you can do to turn every blessing into praise is worship. Just the act of worship is saying, God, you've given me everything, and I praise you for that. So you can make a worship Spotify, uh, a worship playlist on Spotify or wherever you listen to your music. Make a worship playlist. Throw in some songs that maybe they don't have to be like, say thank you in them, but they inspire you to be thankful to God for what he's given you. So make that playlist. We'll have an opportunity here in a second. Um, to worship ourselves and make that a thankful thing, a thing of gratitude in worship. I want to tell you one more thing. I won't go over this. I'll just give it to you. If you've got a pen or a phone, write down Psalms 103. Psalm 103. Write that down. I won't go over it now, but it's a, it's a place where you can go when you feel in the dumps, when you feel like you have nothing to be thankful for, go read Psalm 103. And that will give you inspiration. There's so many things in there that we can be thankful for. So write that down. Psalm 103. Visit that this week. Read it maybe every day this week. It's a place, it's a place of thanks. There's lots of psalms of thanks. And maybe you can go find those. Write those down yourself. Share them with me. Let me know. Um... So those three things. I know every good thing I have comes from God. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. I'll turn every blessing into praise. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to be people that are full of holy gratitude. I pray that you would work in our hearts to do that. We want to be... Uh, the guy that came back to you to thank you for our healing, to thank you for what we have. You, you gave that guy his life back and you sustain us every day. Um, just like you did the Israelites in the wilderness, you sustain us and more. And so we have no right to grumble, to complain. So put in us, God, hearts of gratitude and thankfulness. And as we're uh, tempted to grumble and complain, pray that uh, you would remind us of what we have in you everything that you've given us, small and big. We want to be people of gratitude. 
in, in every aspect of our lives. Jesus, we thank you for who you are, what you've done for us. We are so grateful that we can, I mean everything, that we can meet here, that you've died for us, that you conquered sin and death for us, um, that we don't have to wear masks today. Uh, we love all of that. So Jesus, we thank you for who you are, what you're doing. Um, we look forward to more of you working in our lives. Amen. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org. lifemohammed.org.